Hello everyone, welcome to episode 24 of the Switch Focus podcast. I'm back this time, I'm your host Andy Corrigan, and with me as always are my co-hosts Jeannie Wu and Andrew Brown. How are you two? How have your weeks been without me? Productive, but we definitely missed you. <laughs> well, that's nice to hear. Who is this skinny, tall stranger in our midst? <laughs> <laughs> you can't tell that from the internet. So we've got a bit of a busy episode this week, so we should just crack right on, thanks to uh, the Nintendo Direct that they they sprung on us late last week. Uh, but we're going to start with some updates from last week. Uh, I've got through quite a bit since I was off, so I had a bit more on um, Fear, or Fear, as we decided it was pronounced. Um, now, while I was missing, I, I heard that Andrew threw some shade my way in response to my comparison of Faye fair to journey and i've mounted something of a defense oh i can hardly wait (laughs) (laughs) the enthusiasm is real so when i compared it to journey uh what i actually said was that it's a little like journey but with a lot more agency of course meaning the more platformy nature of fear um instead of just a direct comparison i still stand by that because to call fear just a, a 3D platformer is kind of disingenuous. Because if it is, it's if it's just that, then it's not a very good one. Because it fails at the basics of well-weighted controls, uh, responsiveness. Um, there's not that much that's meaningful to do with the jumping mechanics, and of course, there's no combat. None of these are bad things in themselves because fear does a lot of other things and has other things going for it. Uh, structurally, although it's technically an open world, the path you take through it is extremely linear. It's very clear about where it wants you to go and channels your attentions in those directions, and it does so effectively and s- subtly. Uh, again, I don't think that's a bad thing. Linearity to some is a bit of a dirty word. Uh, it's why we're swimming in open world games at the moment. But linearity to me is not a flaw, but I, th- I feel like fear is definitely in that bracket Um, and basically the rhythm of the game sees you following a set path until you hit an arena of sorts which has a rudimentary puzzle to solve which then in turn allows you to move on in journey you set a path until you hit an arena of sorts where you must solve a rudimentary puzzle to move on yes you're covering more ground and doing more in fear and those arenas are much bigger and more complex but that's where the more player agency part of my commentary comes in um, as an aside, Journey gets shafted with people's memories of it. They think it's just pushing up and enjoying what it shows you, but there are jumping, flight mechanics, stealth, basic puzzles, enemies to avoid. I on- honestly don't think the things that I did in that were too far removed from the things I was doing in Fear. I also think how both ca- games communicate their story uh, is very comparable. At regular intersections in Journey at the beginning or end of levels or or areas in Fear... You engage with hieroglyphs that tell you a little bit more about the world and feed a little bit more to you each time. It's a lot more impactful in Journey. It's frankly a better game all round, in my opinion. Uh, But that shouldn't be a surprise. Um, It's there. It's a valid comparison, I think. Um, And then we could get into the audio design, how that plays a part. In both games, the music is absolutely instrumental at key points in the story, the way it flourishes and swells in tandem with the plot and then builds over the course of the game to this big explosion of beautiful music, again, to me, was very comparable. Uh, And lastly, with the audio, 
although it's to very different ends I have to think about how the player characters in both games interact with other creatures in its space they sing it's the only tool they have in their locker and it's the only meaningful way in which both playable creatures make any impact on their world the defense rests (laughs) oh my god Silence from Andrew. (laughs) I agree that it is a 3D platformer and it's not a very good one. (laughs) Anyway, moving on. So uh, I played Night in the Woods. It was very good. Uh, And there's a lot to unpack in this game. We won't cover because a lot of it covers spoilers. Um, But as it's the topic that drove much of the discussion in the previous episodes that we spoke about Night of the Woods in, I can totally see why May is so divisive. She is a... Mamma mia! Uh, However, I do see a lot of my younger self in her. Uh, I dropped out of college. Short backstory, I wanted to be an illustrator, saw that I wasn't good enough, quit. I totally understand what she's talking about when she discusses her reason for quitting college. I get that. Um, and the reasons surrounding the event her parents kept talking about. Uh, Like her, I I used to self-medicate a lot in the same ways. Uh, Not quite to call myself an alcoholic, but uh, I often did go that route when I was trying to get over things. Um, And I often did become someone I didn't like in those moments, so I I totally get where she's coming from with that. Um, In playing it, I can completely see why Andrew sort of radiated towards B more than anyone else. <laughs> I feel like you're two two peas in a pod there. Uh, but I also see myself in B. I sort of see May as the person I was and B as the person I became. Uh, I thought Greg and Angus's relationship was completely adorable. Yeah. Uh, but I recognised early on that uh, May's sudden reappearance sort of kept dragging Greg back down in destructive ways and he didn't need that Uh, so I spent most of my time hanging with B or Crocodile Andrew as I might refer to her from now on that's fine with me you can do that (laughs) it's like Crocodile Um, Dundee but the video game version Crocky I'm a crocodile (laughs) oh my god that's the B voiceover that we deserve I I don't even talk like that and and I've lived here for seven years um, there are a lot of subplots in this game with the residents of Possum Falls mm. um, and it's kind of brutal everyone's doing it tough um, I don't want to go too much into that for spoilers but yeah all round the dialogue is just phenomenal uh, witty snarky, brutal it's it's so good I had a couple of mechanical niggles with it um, when you talk to someone they often have something else to say uh, that you have to trigger again and just in certain instances, like when May talks to her mum every day, uh, she tends to sit on the kitchen counter. Conversation will play out, May hops off, and then you want to continue the conversation, so then you have to press the button, watch her walk back to the counter and hop back on, or to the other side of the room, just just give me the option to continue the, the chat. But that's, that's super minor, though. A uh, couple of things in uh, Andrew's been overthinking this. So May's a cat, her family are cats. Some of the villagers own cats. Is there some slavery happening in Possum Falls? I always felt like the the owned cats were like a different anthropomorphic. Like they're not anthropomorphic cats. I always felt like they were like a different class of or different species of feline. 
but they're kind of related though aren't they're they? not sentient that's the that's the whole thing i guess it's kind of like how we have like monkeys and zoos uh, but like you know we have a lot of similar genetic traits to to the same sort that's of base species true. as monkeys yeah maybe that's very true <laughs> um i also played through old man's journey uh, i don't want to spend too much time on this one but what a charming and touching little adventure game that was from listening to the previous episode i didn't quite get the same Im- emotional impact that andrew did uh, i remember him saying it made him a little misty mm. uh, i enjoyed following the story through and seeing what made this old fella just stop and travel as far as he did and i wasn't completely unsatisfied with it i think it's worth a, a go the artwork though is absolutely stunning and well worth the asking price alone I don't know if you had it in the US, but no one in Australia seems to know what I'm talking about every Christmas. But uh, did you ever see The Snowman? Oh, yeah. It was like a short, the short animated operatic movie thing. It was all hand-drawn in pencil. This completely reminded me of that just on visuals alone. That was, that was uh, my, my one big takeaway from it. I'm flying through the air. Oh, is that where that's from? Yeah. Yeah, that's the one. Oh my god. For the longest time. Like, I, I mean, I've known about that song and I've always wondered where that song came from. So I guess I must have watched The Snowman at some point in my life. And was it quite, like, depressingly traumatic? Yeah. It's probably why I erased it from my memory. <laughs> at least until all the sequels that came out that just completely ruined the ending of the first one. <laughs> <laughs> and, and uh, yeah, and that's also another comparison to Old Man's Journey. It is quite distressing. So I, lastly, I played through Bayonetta 2. Uh, yes. I was pleased to hear in the last episode that Andrew enjoyed it much more than the first one. Uh, and as much as I'm a staunch supporter of Bayonetta 1, it's impossible to deny that Bayonetta 2 improves on it on so many areas. There's much more colour, the locales are more interesting, it's more vibrant. The story is more coherent, <laughs> if that's a thing you can say. Uh, but it loses none of its silliness, which uh, I can see how that fixes some people's complaints from the first game. Um, I'm in two minds about the combat, though. So I still really enjoy it, but it's definitely way, way easier than the first game. Which time is more forgiven? Uh, the button bashing moments are a lot easier for the torture attacks and the climaxes. Uh, and it just generally flows a lot more nicely. But I feel like the enemies rarely attack me in comparison to the first game. Like, it's still a satisfying power fantasy where you just tear your way through these hordes of angelic creatures. Uh, And it's way more accessible, but I can't help but feel that I was better rewarded for learning the combat in the first game. Mm. Whereas I felt like I got lazy with Bayonetta 2. Of course, I could knock up the difficulty, but I always tend to play on normal by default in every game, so... I don't see myself bucking that trend unless I do another playthrough before Bayonetta 3. But yeah, that's where I see with that. It's it's better than the first, but I still like the first one. Um, That's the end of my stuff. Uh, Andrew, I think you had an update on Bridge Constructor Portal. Yeah, one of my criticisms last week was that it didn't feel like an authentic Portal experience, and one of the reasons why was the VA didn't sound like the original one. I guess it is the original voice actress for GLaDOS, but just whatever it is they do to her voice to make her sound that way, it didn't sound quite authentic, but apparently it is her from what I've read. I was basing what I said last week off of her IMDB page where the game was not listed, but it would seem that I was wrong, so I need to correct that. Fair enough. 
Uh, so let's move on to the latest Switch news. Uh, some people have noticed, or may have noticed, that my Nintendo Gold Points are now uh, spendable on the eShop on Switch. Uh, so basically, you get a 5% kickback on digital games, 1% on physical, and it pretty much works like store credit, so you can accumulate it, and then you spend it on whatever you want. You can use it for a discount, you could buy games outright. I had like 25 bucks worth of credit on there, I spent it on... World Conqueror X, I think that's its name. It looked interesting. Uh, and I also picked up Super One Mod Jump. I've played neither. <laughs> so I've seen a lot of complaints that people don't feel that you're getting enough of a reward, but like it's some reward and it's better than other services offer. That's sort of my opinion, and I'm happy with what I've got with it. Uh, where do you stand on this one? I thought people were being very melodramatic about this when it first came out. Like Wario 64 was out there saying, you have to spend $1,200 in a year just to get a $60 game, which is not how the system works. Uh, if you buy a $20 game on the eShop, you get 5% back on it. Uh, that, that would be $0.50. Cents. And you can apply that towards your next purchase. You don't have to save up $20 to buy the whole game with the credit. That's not the way the system works, but that is how many people were initially presenting it. So it got a bit of bad press in that first few hours that it came out. But I think it's a great system because basically you can constantly be applying the money that you're spending on one game, getting the kickback on it, and apply that towards your next game. And I understand why... You only get 1% on the physical because Nintendo can't control how much the physical versions are being sold for. I mean, I already get most of my physical games at a discount because it's the subscription service I'm in. And also, people could be getting the games used, or they could be getting them, they could be stealing them outright. So (laughs) I I, I totally understand why there's only a 1% kickback on physical, and frankly... I think we're lucky to be getting any kickback on physical at all. I, I think it's a great system. I've already gotten it to get a bunch of cheap games. It's great for just saving up points and just buying a game that's on sale. Or even for a person like me who doesn't like spending certain amounts of money on games that are digital, I could easily see myself buying a $30 digital game and getting $5 of the credit off, because then I wouldn't feel like I'm spending $30 on a digital game. I'm only spending 25 which is my limit. So I'm completely satisfied with this system. I think it's great. I think it's, it's better than anything PlayStation and Xbox are doing, except for, well, they do give out free games every month, but they're not always games people actually care to play. So I'm, I'm satisfied. I think it's great. Well, the way I look at it, in the first year, I earned enough coins to buy two games for a total of 25 bucks. Mm-hmm. Mm. That that's that's fine. <laughs> I'm happy with that. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Jenny? Yeah, I feel largely the same as you, Andy. I mean, like I, unlike Andrew, I pretty much buy all of my games digital anyway. Um, and like 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 you, I bought two three games recently that were quite cheap for about that amount based on what I've paid over the first year. So I'm happy with it. I mean, I think it's a hell of a lot better than what Xbox is doing. And yeah, like Andrew said, I I am a PS Network subscriber. But most of the time, the games that are on there I already have or don't really care about. So the fact that I can choose what to use my discounts on 
like am I having like a particularly tight month and I kind of really want this game and I want to get X amount off it I can choose to do that so yeah I enjoy it I've got no complaints um little prediction mm. how about if you subscribe to their online service you get a better kickback I reckon that's that's possible you reckon or would they just maybe give you a further discount but I guess that'd be harder to work Maybe you get like a store, a flat amount yeah. of store credit on the eShop. If you sign up to the service per month, you might get like a flat amount, regardless of whether yeah. you bought anything. I think that might be plausible. Something like that could work. Mm, yeah. Okay, well, let's move on to the uh, the big event that happened, the main direct, uh, not a direct mini either. So uh, to begin with, they showed a bit more of uh, Kirby Star Allies. Uh, you can now use Kirby's former enemies as allies in this one mm-hmm. uh again we've already covered i've never played a kirby game uh this this is going to be my first just because i want to play it on the switch uh haven't tried the demo yet i'm picking up friday i'm probably not even going to try it so uh yeah i'm excited either way so i'm going to give it a go i'm going to probably try and play co-op with the wife mm. yeah any thoughts on this one um yeah i've mentioned before i'm a huge kirby fan um, love everything about Kirby, think it's super adorable, and kind of amused that we can play um, with his former enemies, like I think a team of what, Kirby and King DDD, that would be quite cool. And it is a co-op game, and everyone else in my flat loves Kirby, so it's perfect for us, we're probably all going to get it together, yeah. I played the demo, and I felt that Kirby moved really slowly and really sluggishly, uh, especially compared to the Kirby games I'm familiar with, like Kirby's Adventure and Superstar. So I already was not sure I was going to buy this, and based off what I played in the demo, I'm definitely not buying it. More Kirby for us, then. <laughs> yeah. Well, probably the same amount of Kirby, to be fair. <laughs> Speaking of uh, games I've never played before, oh, it looks like I'm I'm finally going to be able to play Akami. Oh, Andy. Um, I, hey, I've bought it twice. Andy. Uh, and just never got around to it. I've heard it's a long game, which is probably part of my trepidation. It's with too that. long. But I've heard it's I've heard it's almost one also one of the best Zelda games ever made. No. So... Oh my Ooh. god. Okay, well I I'm not gonna be a negative Nancy here, unlike Andrew. Um I, I love Okami. This will be the third time I'm gonna buy the game and the third time I'm gonna finish it. I think it's perfect for the Switch. Um I mean, the the whole illustration mechanic, which I'm sure you've seen despite not playing it, Andy, how you sort of draw things as part of combat, that worked really, really well on the 3DS with Okami Den and what they did there. So I think that it's going to look great um, because it's the HD remake of the game. Well, remake, I guess the HD port of the game. Um, It's going to feel great. And I can highly recommend it. If you've never played it before, Andy, please, can you finish it this time on the Switch? I assure you that it will be captivating. I will absolutely be playing it this time because it's 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 one of those on my on my list of must play before I die. And who knows when that's going to be? That could come any time. I do like Okami. I think it's a good game. I, I do think the combat gets incredibly tedious after a while, and I think it's too long. It goes on several hours longer than it really should. But I think it's a good game. It's creative. It's beautiful to look at. Uh, I played it on Wii, which uh, infamously was representative of how little Capcom cared about Okami. Uh, <laughs> they, if you actually dig out your old Wii copies of 
Okami and look on it very carefully on the cover you can see the IGN watermark because they had to copy the <laughs> box art from IGN because apparently they didn't save it <laughs> yeah I remember reading about that yeah and we're kind of seeing this again here where I guess it's going to be a digital release only so I'm hoping it'll be $30 tops but it might be 40 but I'm definitely going to pick it up I think Okami is a good game I'm interested to play it with the motion controls mm. I don't want to blaspheme it by calling it the best Zelda ever Every Zelda game is better than Okami, and... Tri Triforce Heroes? I said Zelda games, not Triforce Heroes. <laughs> okay, hang on. So you're telling me that Link, um, Legend of Zelda Spirit Tracks is better than Okami? Yes. What? <laughs> God, it's a, it's a glorified Thomas the Tank Engine Simulator. That is definitely not better than Okami. I just think the fact that they're both 3D action-adventure games is really disingenuous. I mean, for starters, Okami has much more platforming than Zelda does. Mm. And combat works completely differently. I mean, Okami is practically an RPG in the way its combat works. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, next up, we have Sushi Striker, The Way of the Sushido. God. Uh, I have I have zero interest in this. What? Uh, I, it's, it's one of those that's... Uh, it was originally slated just for 3DS, but it's now coming to Switch as well. Uh, it's just not my sort of game. I'm not into that sort of thing. Yeah, it looks like a mobile game that I would download on a whim at 2am and uninstall four hours later. So <laughs> I'm sorry, it's not for me. Well, all I've seen of it was was on the Direct, and what I saw was another ridiculous cooking combat game. So after Battle Chef Brigade, yeah, I'm totally going to check out Sushi Striker. Uh, I just don't, I can't see that it's in the same same bracket, but I'm happy to be wrong. Yeah, let us case. know how it goes. So. Yeah. We got a release date for Octopath Traveler, mm -hmm. July 13th. It's getting a snazzy diorama special edition, which one of us may or may not have already pre-ordered. <laughs> uh, I am excited for this one. Uh, I know Ginny was, Andrew was lukewarm on, on the demo. I pre-ordered it, but I'm not holding my breath that I'm going to like it. <laughs> Yeah, I'm start I'm just starting to feel that JRPGs are no longer your thing. Yeah. I'll always have Chrono Trigger. <laughs> uh we also saw more gameplay footage of Travis Strikes Again, No More Heroes. There was some Dark Soul news. It's got amiibo compatibility, namely it's getting its own amiibo, the Solaire of Astora. Now this is all fine and dandy for you guys in the US and the UK, where I believe you could just pre order it at your normal game stores but here in australia they have a very limited stock that they're going to release on their ebay store on release date oh. i am supremely annoyed so hey andrew do you want to buy two and send me one maybe uh if i can get one uh they've already sold out on all the online stores so oh, come on. <laughs> oh, no. i was like i didn't even know they were on sale yet come on guys i'm actually i'm actually collecting amiibo now this is ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> in what universe did they not think this was going to be immensely popular and a huge money-making thing for them like they're just practically opening it up to scalpers now in what universe do you think they don't know that they did this on purpose <sighs> It's just going to go to scalpers. They're going to go for thousands of dollars on eBay. It's just going to be stupid. And it's going to be great hype. All the websites are going to have to write stories about people scalping the Dark Souls amiibo, and every single one is an advertisement for Dark Souls Remastered. <laughs> That's true. 
And which I'm still excited for, so I can't really <laughs> complain. I'm part of the problem. Mario Tennis Aces, we got a close look at that. Quite an in-depth look, really. Uh, that's coming on June 22nd. I bought Mario Tennis on 3DS, and I spent like a collective five minutes on it. <laughs> oh, no. uh, but, but I am actually excited for this one because of the, the single-player mode, yeah. and the mechanics did look pretty cool. Uh, I'm not sure how they'll all translate in multiplayer, but that's probably not what I'm signing up for. I'm going to play the campaign, and then I'm probably never going to play it again, so I don't care. Yeah, I think, I think that's it. But I'm excited for the campaign. It looks really mm-hmm. awesome, like the like the slow-mo shots and the power shots mm-hmm. and the way they manage the the stamina with the, the bar that looks suspiciously like Breath of the Wild. Yeah, that, that looked pretty cool. Ginny, you're grabbing this? No, you hate tennis, don't you? <laughs> I don't hate tennis. She hated um, golf, just... too. <laughs> yeah, see, I, I hate the real-life versions of these sports, but I'm decently keen on playing the virtual versions of them um the whole chain chomp um teaser that we <laughs> yeah. saw has sold me i love him so i'm probably gonna get it now chain chomp holding a tennis racket in its teeth I know, that I was love it. not... oh that was so weird that's what i'm signing up for is it the year of chain chomp because he was in bayonetta 2 as well yeah uh, and he told you he told you where secrets were which is cool well i guess i guess they bark so you have the dog you have the chain chomp same difference yeah true Next up, I was hoping this would happen. Captain Toad Treasure Tracker gets a reprieve on Switch. Um, I can't wait. That's it. <laughs> I love that game. I, f- I finished both sides of the campaign on Wii U, and I will happily do it again. It's already pre-ordered. Nice. I just wonder how it's going to work on the Switch, if it might be a portable-only game, because there were many things in every level that could only be interacted with by using the touchscreen. Now, I'm sure I played most of it with a pro controller, so I'm, I'd am i have to go back and revisit it. I, I could be wrong did. on that. <laughs> I could be misremembering. I'm happy to admit that. But, uh, yeah, be interesting. I'm, I'm still looking forward to it. So I, I might even pick up the 3DS version as well. Undertale is coming. We had talked about the possibility of that pretty much in the early days. Uh, I've been holding off. I was going to grab it on Vita, but held off just in case the Switch version came. I'm glad. Uh, no release date yet. It's coming at some point. Crash Bandicoot, the Insane Trilogy, as rumoured, is coming to Switch. The character that was once considered Sony's mascot is now on everything. That was yeah. a long time uh, again. ago. <laughs> yeah. Um... Now, I liked Crash Bandicoot 1. I don't think I've got a need to revisit it. It's I don't think it's aged particularly mm. well. I'm more interested in Little Nightmares Complete Edition, which I've had my eye on on other formats for a while. Uh, also coming to Switch is South Park, The Fractured Butthole. I'm surprised they weren't leading with the Stick of Truth, or at least releasing it at the same time. I'm, I would be a bit annoyed at that because I'm halfway through it on PS4 still. Uh, anyone got an interest in this? I played through it on PS4. I did a complete long play of it. It's on my YouTube channel. And really, that's all you need to do is just watch that to get an idea of what it is. Because it's South Park, the Fractured Butthole, is a very good RPG wrapped up in very dumb politics. I I liked the Stick of Truth because it was more like what South Park used to be in its early years when it was more just toilet humor and shock humor, which isn't quite as controversial. Uh, Fractured Butthole is much more representative of South Park's recent work, which you probably feel one way or the other about. I think if you're a fan of recent seasons of South Park, you're going to love the Fractured Butthole. 
if you're a person like me who is actively offended by some of the things said in the most recent seasons, then you're going to hate the fractured butthole. <laughs> I really admired South Park when it first started because they didn't have respect for the things I didn't have respect for. They're going on 20 seasons now it's become more apparent that they don't have respect for certain things they don't have respect for anything i i've really become disenchanted with the whole south park thing and fractured but whole i regret giving money to it ouch uh in happier news stuff that's likely to make andrew happy hyrule warriors definitive edition finally has a release date uh, not coming in April as I predicted, but actually like seven days before Dark Souls, <laughs> May eighteenth. I'm still buying it. I've I already had it pre-ordered from when it was announced, and I should be able to get through the the campaign before Dark Souls hits. Oh yeah, the campaign isn't that long. It's adventure mode that is <laughs> that takes hundreds of hundreds <laughs> and hundreds of hours to do. Yeah, and thankfully I have little interest in going through that. I just want to go through the story and and move on. More arms news. Uh, they have announced uh, an online open for the US and Canada. Uh, they've also created some esports Twitter accounts, and they're doing another global test punch on March 31st. Hey, maybe I'll give it a go this time. Well, if you're anything like my experience with the first test punch, you'll play it for 15 minutes and decide you're not going to buy this game. It does have its uh, fan base, though, doesn't it? It's uh, it seems they seem pretty loyal uh, and plentiful. It's very much a, a cult game, I think, but it, it certainly doesn't enjoy the widespread success that Splatoon has. Yeah, I feel like Splatoon just came out and ate all, most of its uh, user base. Yeah, like came out like less than a month later and just ate arms alive. Um, and speaking of Splatoon 2, version 3.0 is coming. Yay. With new costumes, new guns, all that sort of good stuff. Uh, but they also, very interestingly, announced a new single-player expansion pack. It follows an amnesiac Octo stuck in the subway. Uh, this reminds me, I should probably play the single-player portion of Splatoon <laughs> 2. I've just been using it for multiplayer. Probably. <laughs> it would be good. And if I enjoy it, then I might pick this up. And they've also announced a release date for the Pearl and Marina amiibo July 13th, along with everything else. I'm not sure I'll get those. I've got one Splatoon amiibo. That's enough, I think. I'll definitely get the Marina amiibo because I think Marina is top. Um, I think they're only sold actually... in a two-pack. No. Yeah, because I think that's the. I think they knew that was the only way anybody would buy the Pearl amiibo. <laughs> Fine, I'll get the two-pack and I'll set the Pearl one on fire the next time I do a Splatfest, and maybe that will <laughs> ensure my victory. <laughs> uh, and lastly. Uh, the news that everyone was really, really hoping for and have been for like two years since the Switch was announced. Uh, Smash Brothers was announced in a trailer that was full of misdirection, uh, but really awesomely done and really dramatic. Uh, and it's now a meme, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, several facets, the eye reflection and and mean Mario for some reason. And there's been a... what four-day debate on whether it's a new game or a port i don't know could could go either way i know the logo is different but i don't think that's that's particularly proof if it is a new game i hope we get the roster from the previous game because they were so good yeah every game loses some except for 
melee. We're definitely going to lose some characters. Cloud became my main. I hope he's still in there. And like, what was the point in all those amiibo if they're just going to ditch them? I'm actually predicting Cloud is not going to make it. (laughs) (sighs) It's not fair. I'll default back to Link then, I guess. I know some people were hoping that uh, Geralt from The Witcher was going to be in, but I think that's going to be Soul Calibur. Yeah. No, I think it'll definitely be Soul Calibur. I don't think Geralt's aesthetic really fits in with the Super Smash Brothers aesthetic. Yeah, well, Bayonetta. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I just thought it was really coincidental that got three different articles that revealed that there was going to be a Geralt cameo in another game in 2018, and then like two days later, Smash Brothers gets announced. I was like, that was interesting timing. So I think... Soul Calibur is yeah. most likely, but I'm not going to be surprised if he turns up in Smash Brothers. Yeah, but here's the thing, right? We all think Soul Calibur because, you know, Namco. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Bandai Namco published The Witcher. They also make Smash Brothers now. They also help to make Smash Maybe Brothers. Maybe he'll yeah, be in both. Exactly. So, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's very possible. Maybe Mitsurugi will be in Smash Brothers. Oh, God, no. <laughs> uh, make it Siri. Give us Siri. Yeah. In the Japanese direct, uh, they announced that there was going to be some Breath of the Wild costumes for Fantasy Star Online 2. You know, I'd like to see that come to the West. They have put out a patent for uh, a Switch keyboard, so it could happen. (laughs) Nice. I don't know about this one, Taiko no Tatsujin. It's It's the drumming game? Yeah, the drumming game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that one. The that drumming looks really arcade cool. game. Yeah, I really want. Yeah, it. that looks. Yeah, I, that looks super cool. I watched videos on YouTube of like really high end players playing the arcade cabinet. It looks incredible, but they're also playing on a real drum in this, and the Switch port just uses motion controls. So I, I'm really skeptical that it's going to feel remotely the same way. Uh, but it yeah, it does come with two Joy-Con, uh, packed into the game, Ooh. and I. I they're really attractive colors. So I, I think I want to get it just for those Joy-Con. Um, there was also another drumming game coming out, uh, Galmetal, yeah. which is a similar principle. That looks interesting too. Mm. Uh, there's another entry in the Saga series coming, Scarlet Grace. I've not played any of the others. I know there's one on, on the Switch eShop right now. Yeah. And they also announced uh, Game Maker Studio Publishing. It'll now uh, allow native publishing to the Switch. That's pretty cool. That opens up channels for indie developers. Okay, and with the direct news out of the way, let's move on to new releases. Actually, I don't even think this came out this week. I think it came out last week. (laughs) It came out last week, but we only just got around to playing it this week. We're really on top of things right now. <laughs> uh, you two are ahead of me because I uh, I bought it but haven't played it yet. Um, we're talking about Subsurface Circular, which mm-hmm. is a new Mike Bithel game, I, I mm-hmm. believe. Mm-hmm. Where's where is Thomas was alone for Switch? Oh, while we're on that. well, <laughs> want uh, and volume because I've not played that either. But yeah, whatever. So. This is some sort of, from what I can gather, a robot detective game. Yep. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> kind of. 
you do play as a robot detective, but I don't want to give people the impression that you're like gathering clues and putting them together to solve the mystery. Because mostly what you're doing is you're just talking to other people on this subway and the plot kind of unfolds itself. So it, it, there is a mystery there, but the game isn't built around solving that mystery. It's built around watching the mystery solve itself, basically. But I don't want that to make it sound like it's not a great game because I loved this game. I thought it was very good. Yeah, I thought it was it was amazing. Um, I was actually looking forward to more puzzles. Um, I thought there would be, I guess, more puzzle-solving elements in there um, instead of just sort of pure dialogue and narrative and sort of not working through puzzles but so much as working through logic sequences in mm. a way. But I still really enjoyed it. There's a couple of Easter eggs in there. Um, one more prominently re- relating to Thomas was alone. So if you're a fan of that game, I highly recommend picking it up. There is, strangely, story continuity here between the two. Is that what was going on there? <laughs> I've never played Thomas was alone, so I had no idea what that guy was talking about. Yeah, it was. A, it, yeah, it would have been a very long chunk of dialogue to sit through, just going, "Who is this guy talking about? Like, who are these people? Why are they? <laughs> yeah, why are they jumping? What's his obsession with jumping?" You should play that, though, by the way. Yeah. It's cool. It's only on PC, right? No, uh, Vita, PS4, oh. I think. Oh, well, maybe. Yeah. Maybe someday. <laughs> but, yeah, um, I found it interesting because I I think, the, I think the story and the crux of the story is narrative being about choice. I think the mechanics of choice that you're allowed in the game um, are sort of their own commentary on on the wider world that's being portrayed. Um, so I know like in most, in most dialogue based games, often you make, you've got the ability to sort of make a choice between two dialogue choices, one of them sets you down one path and that's it, you're kind of gated on that path. But this game encourages you to explore every single dialogue option. I think it's actually better off if you do do that and you can't really make a wrong choice. It's impossible to make a wrong choice because you kind of get pushed back on this loop of conversation and get the chance to make a choice that will push you along the story um according to the whim of an outside force yeah it works like old style adventure games really the conversations where you really do you want to ask everybody about everything pick every dialogue option possible just to get all the information you can because you're probably gonna need it it's not like a telltale game where the entire game can pretty much be boiled down to picking junctures on a dialogue tree yeah I i think you'll like it andy in terms um what it tries to say in this sort of cyberpunk dystopian setting is it dystopian though i mean i think it feels very dystopian i think if you think about the religious overtones and you think about the 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 sort of behind the scenes way that life is appears to be essentially controlled by large corporations and and only they and only they have a real say in how the world is run so, sounds like real life to me. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it, it sounds like, you know, I guess, disturbing fiction of the past, whereby everyone has a role, right? It's sort of very brave New Worldy. There are different classes of robots that all perform different functions, and they're gated from higher thinking, depending on their role. So stuff like that, I think, sort of come down to those very basic and sort of tried and true dystopian tropes. But it is a very interesting thing in terms of subverting commentary about the human versus android I guess, conflict that you normally see in science fiction like this. I think it's quite interesting. I definitely recommend picking it up if you're at all even curious about the game from what Andrew and I have said. Um, I highly rec- It's very cheap. $10. Five bucks. Like that. 
Not ten New Zealand dollars. <laughs> it, it is five dollars in the U.S. There's no reason not to buy this game. Yeah. It's pretty short too, right? Yeah. It's, it took me two hours to beat. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, now, um, I'm going to make a prediction. It's going to do the whole human versus android life thing a lot better than Detroit does on PS4. Oh, probably. <laughs> Which is probably the easiest prediction anyone's ever made. Yeah. Because, I was going to say, you've because give you David a Cage one is two awful. odds on that one, Andy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, so that that was it. Really, no one's bought anything from from this week's releases. Sorry, no. I did buy World Conqueror X or is it War Commander X? One, it's called one of those. <laughs> I look forward to trying it at some point. Uh, I also picked up a lost normal phone or a normal lost phone. Yeah, I'm not doing very well with titles this week. Sorry. Uh, that's another one. I believe is similar to Subsurface Circular in that you're just following through a chain of story and reading the text and. <laughs> That sort of thing. Again, short and cheap, so I'm going to hopefully give that a go soon. I've been tied up with freelance stuff, so I've had no chance to do any of the things I wanted to do. Okay, guys, so what are you going to be playing in the coming week? Kirby's out next week, just saying. Uh, oh, yep, there you go. Uh, as I said, I'm not picking up Kirby, so I'm kind of looking at the games that are on the eShop and I'm not seeing a lot that's really uh, anything I'm actually excited to play so I'm just going to kind of pick some to play and things I'm looking at are the Trail Frontier Challenge which uh, I've read some really negative reviews on but I'm still interested to play it. It's made by Peter Molyneux who I have a complicated relationship with him uh, so hopefully I'll enjoy it and also Coffin Dodgers which is a a kart racer where old people in scooters are running away from death. <laughs> it, it looks like it looks like they're uh, one of the many like cheap ten dollar kart racers that are already on the eShop, but I like its premise. So I'm gonna see if that sense of humor will help help elevate it. Cool. Uh in between my freelance stuff I picked up uh Xenoblade Chronicles two again sort of just chipping away in it in 10 minute spells i'm i feel glad to be going back to it actually a couple of things i've realized though the navigation system on that game absolutely sucks uh and compared to other things that i'm playing at the moment um and some of those fights take forever even with with normal enemies but i'm 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 kind of happy to be back to it uh i'm just going to follow the story through bit by bit and i'm gonna of course i'm gonna drop it for kirby on friday because i want to try kirby if you don't like Kirby, I recommend you try Kirby's Adventure or Superstar because I really don't want you to ju- judge Kirby based on this game if you dislike it as much as I did. <laughs> I have I have a NES and SNES Mini, so I can play either of those games as well. So uh, I just wanted the Switch one to be my first. So Nice. Yeah, I'll definitely also be playing Kirby because I've already confessed to loving the hell out of Kirby, so... That's my weekend. It's going to be sucked away. Um, I was actually looking at playing um, either Flinthook or Earthlock. I know those were released this week, but um, they've kind of caught my eye in hindsight. So I'll probably try and take one of those two out. And I promise I will definitely play more Lost Fear. So hopefully I'm up there <laughs> for you guys next week. Uh, yeah, both of those look really cool. I like the visual art styles in those. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of the Switch Focus Podcast. 
If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes. It really helps us get noticed. You can also listen and subscribe on Stitcher, TuneIn, and other podcast services. Why not also check out our YouTube channel, where we regularly upload the first hour of many of the games we play. Uh, Andrew is streaming again, uh, streaming most of the games that we talk about on the show, and you can catch him at twitch.tv forward slash playcritically. You can follow the podcast on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, and at switchfocuspodcast.com for updates, news, and other content. Uh, If you'd like to support the show, you can now buy us a coffee. Details are on our website. Thanks in advance. Uh, And you can follow the panellists individually on Twitter. Uh, I'm at Flame Roast Toast, Andrew is at Play Critically, and Ginny is at Ginny Woes. Crookie, I'm a crocodile.